The podcast you're about to hear may offend those of a sensitive nature. If you don't like the word vagina, this podcast is not for you. Vagina! So, hello and welcome to the first podcast of 2020. And I am back with my favourites. So, I've got to my left. Lizzie. And to my right. Helen. Hello, hello. And um, thank you so much for being part of this podcast as per usual. <laughs> I had having some, us back. Yeah, Pleasure. I had some That's great feedback good. on the last one. Did you? Yeah, someone actually said it was the best one. So, I was oh. like, wow. Well. <laughs> So we're going in hard um, on this one. I decided why why do light and fluffy when you can do hard and hurtful. Yeah, go hard or go home. So we're going for life, death, marriage, babies. Um, Right. So when we talk about life, um, I want to go with regrets. Have you got any? Well, this is a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> mm. I don't really feel loads of regret That's good. in my life because my thoughts are, as I move through life, I try and make all my decisions that I'm making based on that information that I've got in front of me. And hopefully that means then that whatever decision or outcome of that time is largely based on my, my decision rather than an outside yeah. influence. That's good. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. But I do have one regret. Oh, go on. Yeah. It's going to sound really stupid. But when I went on honeymoon with mm. Joe, I didn't eat a crab sandwich. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. But do you know why? Yeah. Because I was worried about getting fat from it. Really? Yeah. Like just one crab sandwich? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Just, okay. <coughs> Yeah, like Slimming World, Sins, oh, Mayonnaise, you know, bread. Yeah, yeah bread. Oh, bread. Oh, I know, the Antichrist. Yeah. yeah. So I had a real, I do actually genuinely regret that. Oh, God. Because I was like, he was sat in front of me saying, you can have a crab sandwich on our honeymoon. And I was like, nah, mate. Slimming World. No. Does he have the crab sandwich? <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> So he ate the crab sandwich in front of you. Oh, I wouldn't have cared if he did or didn't. But like, <coughs> you wanted that crab sandwich. Yeah. But you have did to watch you, some did else. Did you eat actually? It. No, I didn't have it. I mean, did you want it? Yeah. Oh damn. Oh god, that is a huge regret. And that just feeds into a bigger. I mean, it does. So it's actually you. not about the sandwich. Yeah. It's about. It's never yeah. about that one sandwich. No. <laughs> Here she is. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! How many seconds has it been since we went on the journey? <laughs> we just have shots of tea whenever she says journey. <laughs> oh yeah, we're on the hard stuff tonight. Warm tea. Woo! That was totally. No, I get it. Yeah. So that's yeah. that. That's yeah. it. That's my yeah. How really. about you, Melon? I'm very similar to Lizzie, where I don't have major regrets and I don't tend to go over um, maybe I used to but especially these days I don't tend to go over mistakes or things that didn't happen the way I wanted them to happen Mm -hmm. Um, and I also put or take a lot of responsibility on myself um, that like you said I have made certain decisions for example there was a slight regret about listening to someone um, a few years back, um, really trusting them, seeing them as like a almost like a big brother figure, and then figuring out things that maybe not everything they said, but mm. was as you know written or you know as yeah. respectable as I thought it was. That could could have been a big regret, regret, but on the grand scheme of things, I'm I'm just thinking back at what sort of of a woman I was and what my needs were at the time and what mindsets I was and I just then kind of understand myself yeah and that then 
becomes less of a regret or almost like not a regret because I think it's more about seeing yourself in those certain times with certain mm. people and yeah. being being empathetic towards yourself at that time yeah yeah and you know why you acted like that I know yeah. you, you wanted to have the crap sandwich but at the time <coughs> you were trying to how <laughs> serious you were trying to um that was about something that you were struggling with and yeah. you didn't know better like that's what you thought it was so well, you say I didn't know that. better but I still have those thought processes all the time regarding food See, and it's something and that's, that you are that's working a big, on. Yeah, yeah. At least that's you're aware a big of thing it for me, and I hate to even admit it, really, because it's everything you hear is, you know, eat whatever you want, blah blah blah. But actually, it's quite hard to eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you feel well, for me, because I have that constant narrative in my brain. Same. Yeah, yeah. yeah it so, is tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my. I think I would probably say at points in my life I've wallowed in regret because I think too much about things. But actually recently I was thinking about um, a relationship I had with someone for seven years and it was just, I think it was life-defining for me because as awful as it was and how it ended, I'm just kind of like, well, actually, I don't regret it yeah. because... Yeah person I am today is the person that went through that yeah so I wouldn't say I'm not sure if grateful is the word but I am kind of grateful for it in a way because yeah, I've totally grown understand. from it yeah and I wouldn't be who I am without it but like similarly to Lizzie like I think when it think when I think about how I've treated my body over the last few years I do have regrets around that <clears> because I have treated it badly and have starved it mm -hmm. and made it do things it didn't want to do in order to fit an ideal that was in my head. Yeah. And that ideal is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, there is yeah. there is regret around how I never prioritised myself mm. and how like harsh I have been to myself. Yes. And um, you know, how I've never seen my good qualities mm. or never owned but it was always about the bad like it was all about the bad things it was all about the things that I couldn't do I couldn't be um and it was always focusing on that and I think mm. I just spent so much energy on feeling bad and anxious yeah. and not enough like mm -hmm. constantly feeling like not enough and keeping those thoughts in your head yeah um, all these negative things about yourself I think yeah. that's the one that's like an ongoing regret, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, a totally. self-perpetuating regret. Yeah, yeah. Because totally we get deep like... too quickly. Yeah, <laughs> no. oh, I don't. Think so. <laughs> um, so, is there anything that you've heard, seen, or read that you've taken throughout your life? I think I've touched on this last time, mm. or I've definitely spoken to people about this before. Um, for me, what I think about a lot is post-traumatic growth. Okay. And then um, it was something that I was reading about after Joe died, mm -hmm. my husband. Um, I, you know, I think I was kind of desperate, really, to try and find literature or something to help inform recovery. Yeah. And I came across information about post-traumatic growth. And, um, yeah, it basically, it's you hear about post-traumatic stress all the time, mm, suffering after a traumatic experience, but you don't hear often about post-traumatic growth. Ah. And that's where you may have had a really traumatic experience, and mm. then you actually grow from it. Yeah. A little bit like your seven-year relationship. It's, it yeah. feeds into that same idea. Yeah. And um, it's I don't think about it all the time, and there's times when I'm a bit unable to think about that mm. it's almost a bit too positive in a way sometimes <laughs> yeah I know but what you mean. I do I do go with that I have that with me and remember that actually you can become a better person or do great things even if you've had a really horrible experience it doesn't totally. all have to be no doom and gloom that's right <clears throat> yeah and that also you to a point you have a choice as well mm. to either go one way or the other. Yeah. I do really, really firmly believe that. Yeah, you, um, yeah you're and right. You have, there's a moment in recovery of, or whatever it is where you couldn't choose. Mm. Um, even if it's a tiny little thing, but that tiny thing could be what sparks you in the right direction. Yeah. Doesn't mean to say you're always going to stay on that path. No. But, 
<coughs> so that's something that I keep with me as post-traumatic growth. That's really mm. good. I like that. It's positive. Yeah. Um, funny, from a film, or this is also a known thing, from a Guy Ritchie film, Revolver, uh, that's a life-changing film, if you get it. Yeah. You watch it and you get it. It is, <coughs> it is life-changing. Really? There's lots of amazing quotes. Um, and one of them... <laughs> This better be from there. I better (laughs) that I remember from there is pain is gain, and I know Uh that sounds really like musculing and like (laughs) as if you're a boxer or something, but I that just keeps coming back to me because every time something is really painful, I just kind of know that it you like gain something from it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Um, and then after or just around. My at the end of my marriage, and the like the separation bit, I've also hung on to Brina Brown's books a lot. So yeah. a, a, about having courage and like the power of um, being able to be yourself and vulnerable and yeah. accepting more, more accepting. So it's not it doesn't talk about obviously self love in the way now we see on social media, but actually for me that was the mm. beginning of kind of being um being nice to yourself yeah like trying to un- understand yourself and letting yourself yeah. be um just as you are which of course is quite vulnerable I like that. <coughs> um so when I was growing up in Neath I always felt different I always felt like a bit weird yeah. and the odd one out and um there was a, a woman called Julie who um sort of like she's always been like a mentor to me and she used to be my manager at one point and she always used to tell me to get out of the box and when I was younger I didn't really understand what that meant but I completely get it now it was like don't box yourself get out of it yeah and be who you want to be and like that's something I've just carried because actually I remember when the first time I actually like pressed like go on Wicked Women's Institute in the mm. podcast <laughs> I remember saying to her I've got out of the box yeah. I've done it Aww. So, and I think continuously, like, I have to get out of the box because sometimes I try and put myself back in. You know, like, I'll try and fit myself into social engagements and try and act in a way I think people want me to. But I am being a bit more like, fuck it these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Yeah. I'm like, this is who I am and bloody hell, enjoy it or don't enjoy Good. it. So Time work passes so quickly. Yeah, yeah it just does. <coughs> you can't. You can't think that one day this magical day will come where you're going to become accepting of yourself. Yeah. Like, I've been waiting for that day for the, my whole life. <laughs> when, when you realise that day is never going to come. Yeah, exactly. You just have to get along with it, don't you? Totally. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so, day in the life of someone alive or dead, <coughs> who would you pick and why? So, oh, sorry about the what. coughing, by the way. No worries. I didn't do my homework, did I? <laughs> right. I am literally making all of this up. Oh, wow. Well, this is better. God, yeah. I know, I used to think about this as well, actually. I can go. 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 So, <laughs> I mean, it's really basic, but I would love to be my dog. Wow. I know, I know she's not a person, but she really is a person. Yeah. Oh, she is. She's got I would just love to be her Aww. and know what's going on in her little perfect brain. Oh, that's mm. lovely. And why she has her little anxious shakes in the evening and what, why the sounds make her nervous. And I just want to be part of her brain. That would be nice. And in the last couple of years, she's had like a really hard time walking because she gets really freaked out by sounds. Aww. But recently she's got on better. Yay. I'm like, what's made you better? I want to know what's made you better. Yeah. So, I would be her. That's lovely. <coughs> lush. I mean, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, oh, am I going to say something profound like Rosa Parks on the bus <laughs> or Martin Luther King <laughs> delivering a speech? And I don't think I'm going to say that. I'm going to be Lizzo. Mm, I'd love to be really? Lizzo for a day no. and just be in that body and be like, fuck you, this is who I am. Yeah. I'm in a bikini in Bahamas I and you can't do anything about like it. I I'm in that body. <laughs> I do sometimes do. That is so cool. <laughs> do, you uh, do you not? Do you not? Do you not feel like you? What way? What do you mean? Like that body? Like being like? You totally know how she's? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, <coughs> but also I love when she's like shaking it. Oh yeah. 
and she's so and uh, I just have those like little in my head sometimes I am Lizzo do you know what I mean that's great <laughs> and then I'm just like Lizzo. shaking it yeah. just in my own time nobody yeah. knows that oh, yeah. Yeah. get out there be more Lizzo there's definitely moments <laughs> I feel like that do you know what I mean I'm not going to lie I yeah. love dancing in front of the mirror I dance yeah. a lot we've seen you we've on seen Instagram you. well that's it we like it <laughs> and I'm off yeah sometimes I'm like oh yeah I am but it's fleeting mm. and I know like she struggles as well like she's not immune to it but I feel like she's at a level of of love for herself that I aspire to well yeah she's exploring it isn't yeah. it and we're just we are witnesses I love how we always end up talking about Lizzo <laughs> <laughs> she's one of our mates oh. it's quite funny mm. we're just like I think she is exploring the self love through like and we're witnessing it we're we? so lucky to I still haven't like listened. Oh, oh no. The... Is it? no, she didn't say that. We no. just cut it, cut it, cut that. <laughs> really? yeah. I need to invest some time in Lizzo. Yeah. Also, I love the fact actually that her name is Lizzo and my name is, is Lizzie. 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 You're Lizzie. the Wales like, version of. Basically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Could you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I was expecting challenge accepted. <laughs> Maybe. Um, How about you, Mel? Have you got Do you know, I am going to go, if not out there, this might be cliche, but I would just love to be a white male. Just, well, I yes. just want to have that confidence and not care. You know, when you, you walk into rooms and people don't question why you are there, people don't mm-hmm. stare, they instantly see you as an authority. And they yeah. shake your hand. Like, they don't go, not seen this. Yeah. This is interesting person standing in front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. they don't ask you, oh, where are you from? Like, the first time they see you. Without, oh, I hate that. I am fine people asking me that, but not after hello. Mm-hmm. Um, or what you are, or what, you know. It's yeah. just, it's also, I love, I love, love the confidence of the, the white men of just being able to say or ask for anything, mm. anything, because no one else is as much as an authority as them. So they are so easily be like, I would love to do that. Can I do that? And you're just like, yeah, well, you are putting me <coughs> on a spot now. Yeah. You know, they are, yeah. they can just do that. So the, I would love that um, that type of confidence. I have confidence in myself, but yeah. that's a different, like, way of being because well, you've is. never you've never been questioned well, it's privilege isn't it and it's smacks of yeah. privilege and there's so many mediocre white men out there just yeah. living their lives yeah. earning more than women yeah earning you know earning more and being able to get away with more and yeah, yeah i'm with you on that yeah god yeah. what would that feel like God knows. Yeah. The thing is, it's like you're saying you have confidence in yourself and, and whatnot, but it's almost like you have to like draw on extra energy to have yeah. that confidence, and that's yeah. not something that, that they, they have need to do. To do. No, yeah. they're just and they probably like hate this. Like if they hear it, they're probably like, "No, we have confidence issues." I'm sure you do with your physical self or whatever, but we have those. We have everything that every human has, every, all of us. Mm. But plus, we have the non-recognition, the questioning. The people not believing in you, the people finding you weird, people... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then we have all of that. You don't understand how many times I've been forgotten to be introduced or people oh have... God. Or this may not be conscious or whatever. Like, I can't blame those people, but <coughs> at the same time, when it's, a, when it's not a white male who's forgotten, yeah. that's different. Mm-hmm. But when it's me who's already... Um, you feel that people are like, who are you in the room? Or when you're in certain levels of authority, people yeah. are, you know that they are questioning why it should be you and yeah. not someone else. So that's why I just think it will be like, I'll just probably hold my crotch a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. and walk like a thug. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Being male will be a bit like, why not? Mm, what up? Okay, so we're going to move on to death. So, um, 
I I talk about <coughs> death quite a lot, and then sometimes in quite a jokey way, if I'm quite honest. Um, probably it's something that I don't want to be afraid of, so therefore mm. I'm talking about it quite a lot. But I think there are people that are really afraid of it. Um, there's someone in work with me that has to leave the room if you start talking about it. Oh, wow. Can't handle it. So I was wondering, you know, why are we so afraid of death and why is it taboo? Because it's uncertain. Yeah? It's the unknown and we are really uncomfortable with things we don't understand or unknown un mm. and don't know. I think part of that is reflected on women. I think that's part of why I believe men um, are scared of women is because we are also a bit of a mystery sometimes. <laughs> it's just like we are... We are though, like we bleed and they, nobody gets like how that happens and why and like, or how we get in sync with the moon or how we get sync with each other. Mm -hmm. it's just, it is unexplainable and all True. of these things yeah. like make you scary. Yeah. And I think that's, well, I don't know how I bloody put the two connected death <laughs> and woman, but I think it is, it's definitely like not knowing what the hell is going to happen and that's why... the afterlife? Yeah, like what happens when you die? Nobody yeah, knows, unless no. you really believe in certain types of religions yes. who tells you, and I guess that's also a relief, that's why you believe in religions, because they tell you what happens. And you're yeah. just like, oh, okay, if I do this, this is what will happen. Well, yeah, I think the whole notion of heaven and hell is mad. Yeah. Like, you know, for it helps me. people keep saying. I mean, yeah, it's it just, it, it, for me, though, like, the notion that you could do one thing that could send you either way is crazy. Mm. Like, you know, you might, oh, there is redemption for things that you do. Like, you might commit, you might murder someone, but a god could forgive you if you repented. I don't yeah. know. I just think it's that's, crazy. like, that is the biggest get out clause <laughs> for people in the whole world yeah. for, for poor behaviour mm. and that really it's taking away the onus on themselves mm. for the, things the feeling of responsibility you know, the responsibility yeah. for your actions I think it's rubbish <clears throat> so yeah I, I, I really despise that as a as, a, as an idea that people can yeah. strive towards. Yeah. So Catholics have that, or oh, I'm gonna not gonna. I'm not trying to put people on a thing, but I think yeah, some religions you are able to say something or do something, and that means whatever you've done is forgiven. Oh, yeah. so Hail Marys. Yeah. Confession. Confession. And I mean, I'm yeah. Catholic, but don't ask me for the authority on I mean, information because I don't practice yeah. it. But yeah, there's other yeah. religions. That yeah. you can say a certain thing and that should be okay then. It's mad. I mean, I brought up on the week, you know, last week I was with my family and um, my nan turned 90, which is like, Aww. it's mad. Yeah. 90 is a long old time to be alive, isn't it? Do you want to live till you're 90? God, no. Well, I no, <coughs> actually, no. Do you? I don't, I don't think about it. Mm. <coughs> I don't think about death or... Oh. what that might be like I don't think about it I don't think about like much uh, outside of, outside of yeah. what's happening in the mm. more in the here and now I do think broadly because you have to make decisions that are quite practical but no yeah. I don't I don't think I want to think die. about aliens aliens <laughs> do I believe in aliens do you think about aliens no, no, should I? I'm just thinking if you don't think about death, maybe you've got other things that you think about. about. No, I think about a lot of crap in my brain. Don't worry, it's full. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just, like, I got quite practical and I was like, I don't want a religious funeral and I want everyone to wear colour and I want it to be fab and a celebration Same. and lots of music. Boom. Why don't you just die together? <laughs> that would be... That'll like, be that's a culty good. thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That's how wicked rooms is. <laughs> what you don't realise is you've signed up to die when we're set to We'll all like bleed at the same time. <laughs> 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 
Should we start living together for a bit though before oh, yeah, we decide we to die? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't worry, I'll get us a huge barn somewhere <laughs> and we can all wear like I'm all for those sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm all, I've always loved it. It's fine. <laughs> that is my vulnerability. I'll just follow it. <laughs> this is some sort Melon of party thing I'm in. Yeah. She loves cults on death. Yeah. Really? Is that <laughs> really? Am I believing this? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just know that I'm vulnerability no. to be in like a system. That is against the current system. I guess. Mm. I think I think I know what you mean, but I don't think a cult is exactly is, that. Yeah, is fulfilling that. No, it might be for some people, but I think they're both basically all like do lally. Yeah, and searching yeah. for something, some sort of like regime and control yeah. and focus that is lacking. Yeah. That is the sad life. thing about cults because they make it look like they are against the system and they're there mm-hmm. to change but things got and, the and show you like this, this secret information or all this yeah. beautiful new things. But actually, they are just another system yeah. within yeah. a system. Exactly, and, and there's always control, it. like huge control, and exactly, oh, yeah. power, and power system. And it's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we think about death. Well. I don't want to live long. That's what I think about that. I've never wanted to live long. Apparently, in my like school book, it says Melon wants to live hard. What's the die young and live hard, die live young? Hard, do we... so, what do you know about that when you're in primary school? Well, I you don't need know. to start taking loads of drugs or something and just go. Well, I'm not, what, I'm not that wild, am I? <laughs> I don't know, but there's like a lot of people that died when they're 27. Isn't that like a thing? So like River Phoenix oh, died. Oh yeah, James Dean. Yeah, it's like Cobain. a club. Well, we're past that age now. I know. We are past <laughs> we're fine. People don't do not worry. We are past 27. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing a thing. But like, I keep saying to my husband, I'm like, if I show signs of dementia early or this or Just that, you are off me. Like, you have to get rid of me. I'm not doing I'm it. I'm sorry, he can't get rid of you. That's it's illegal. his responsibility. You've got to get rid of yourself. Yeah, but... Uh, no. but Maybe um, we, should, we should all write a thing. like Be a pact. Yeah, because I don't want to have cancer and like, fight it for five, ten years. No, no. I'd rather just die. So... I'm just thinking now. Yeah. I think Joe was 27. No. no. Yeah, I'm just working. He was born in 87 yeah. and he died yes. in 2014. That's crazy. Is that 27? I was just trying to work oh, it I out. I haven't got all oh, my maths. Is <coughs> I try and work. Sometimes I have to use my fingers. I've got my phone. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to say really that um, I suppose I have limited experience of death in my life. Um a really close friend of mine died when I was in college. Well, I was in university at the time. And it was just... It was mad to think that someone my age died. And that was just absolutely... Yeah, I still can't wrap my head around it, really. And then um, my grandpa passed away. And uh, and then not long after, I, I went through heartbreak. And I remember feeling that grief and heartbreak were very, very similar it was this sense of loss, like a huge, overwhelming sense of loss. And it just, it, it consumed me. Like, it was all consuming. It's all I could think about and all I could focus on. And, yeah, I remember just <coughs> feeling empty. And, like, I can look back at those times now and feel less. But I do feel, for me, especially my grandpa passing away, that something in me will never be the same like it won't really? yeah I, I miss him every <coughs> day like oh, you know like he was such a huge influence on me and I just I'm like oh it hurts I just know that death the idea of it doesn't bother me um I think I have a weird relationship with it and maybe because I've hadn't had like a really intimate um person who I've lost mm. But, yeah, so I just don't... But like you say, I would, if I die, I would like it to be a party. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I would want it to be, like, a, not a really long life. I just don't... Because <coughs> when you're not scared of it, you're not thinking, oh, my God, I want to live, you know, forever. Like, yeah. Um, I find it really interesting because... Um, I just wonder how satisfied people are with their lives um, dependent on how they think about death and whether Mm. or not they're 
fearful of it and if they're fearful of it is it because they're worried about not doing enough before it or are they yes. fearful of it because they don't know if they're going to be in pain or what's going to come I, I wonder what the driver of the fear is mm. there must be so many different things they're fearful um, you can't just be wondering what's happening afterwards um, no, I, I kind of rarely, <coughs> I rarely think about what happens afterwards. I think I've probably got a view of you die and that's that. Yeah, you know, um, I heard this on Radio 4 actually the day. Um, you know, they talk about when people die, they get this rush of um, emotion mm. where they're meant to feel, like I don't know, euphoria or Really? Or that's fascinating. <coughs> but apparently... Your body only has reserves for that to happen once. Um, okay. So if you were to have a near-death experience and you, your body, your body, admitted, um, you know, released these things, yeah. But then you came back to life, or thank you very much, or if you hadn't, if you were to die again, like actually die, yeah, you're not meant to get that. Really? Don't know how true that is Just because how can they possibly tell you? But ah. maybe they've had people who have like nearly died. Then he died several times again. And they've tried to kill know. them, and they've asked them. <coughs> as it were. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna turn off your, your heart now. Don't yeah. worry, be back. God, that's mad. Um, I recently read a book called Ten Minutes and Thirty Eight Seconds in This Strange World it's by a Turkish author. I'll send you the details. Yeah. And it's about so you're introduced to this character who's died, but her brain is still alive for oh. ten minutes and thirty eight seconds. Wow! And it's how she remembers the whole book. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole book covers just ten minutes. Um, it covers. It covers what she feels um, during that time, what she remembers, and then it covers a bit afterwards oh, okay, as well. Cool. But it's fascinating as to what her brain brings up. And actually, I thought, yeah, actually, that might happen. You know, you might, you might not, your brain might not shut down automatically. You know, not saying that you feel pain, but maybe you still remember certain things from your life, <coughs> or you, I don't know. But that bit fascinates mm. me. Because, you know, I'm not saying, like, what she remembers is good or, good or bad, mm. particularly. It's just those pivotal moments. And I kind of... I really enjoyed looking at death in that way. It's like, you yeah. leave, but you leave after 10 minutes and 38 yeah. seconds. <laughs> I used to believe in reincarnation. I don't oh, know. I don't okay. know what I believe now. I just yeah. don't care anymore. Fair enough. About what happens. But yeah. I used to really care and, like, believed in afterlife or before for new mm. life yeah. yeah I don't I have like an abstract view on it but one of the things I also always used to be hope that would happen would that be I would die and that <coughs> wherever I was or whatever happened I would have this big book and in it would be all the answers to the things I'd wondered <gasps> about in my whole life oh that would be good or just so like good. you know who killed so and so who was famous that we don't know this oh I'd love to like, know that got, like just like a massive encyclopedia of oh, God. actual truths. I'd love that. Making a murderer. I'd be like, did he actually do it? Oh, God. That's I'd so love nice. to know that. Yeah. I'd so love to know it. Who actually killed that like, photographer? Like think that might happen. Yes. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. it be satisfying? Yeah. Do, can we put oh. in a request for Yes, go then? on. <laughs> yes. We'll, uh, yes. We'll go door that thing that's around. <laughs> yeah. Could provide um, this for us. Okay, so the next topic is marriage, and it's it's quite a big one actually, and I think we've all got our different experiences of it. Oh, and yeah. so I'm currently coming up to two <coughs> years of being married, and um, I suppose sometimes sometimes I'm like I'm I'm glad to be married. I do love my husband, but sometimes I wonder if I'm like I'm a bad feminist yeah, for being married. You, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, yeah. did I need to get? Like, why am I married? And why are you married? Because I've always wanted to be married to someone. Because I like the idea of, like, that person being stuck with me. <laughs> you want to ensnare somebody. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Which is probably the wrong reason to get married. No, I've got such a sentimental view of 
marriage, I suppose, and it's like, oh, I'll grow old with this person. <laughs> but also I have abandonment and attachment issues. Thank you, biological father. <laughs> and um, I just like the idea of someone being... You know, yeah. There's a document <laughs> stuck with you. There's a document <laughs> that you must sign, which means you're mine. So yeah, um, and I do love being married to Matt. I do. I think we are great with one another for the time being. Um, so yeah, nothing much. Just you know, I've got a ring. I've got two rings on my finger, and I haven't changed my name. But mm. for now, I'm happy. And plus, I enjoyed the day, so it was good. Oh, that's that nice. nice. Yeah. That's yeah. So how about you guys? <laughs> I mean, I love... I don't know. I was never a person who's been dream of getting married. Okay. And I think my marriage thing happened really quickly, I, which was probably if it was... If I had felt more in control then, wouldn't right. have happened that quickly. Okay. I'm not anti it, but I'm not pro it okay. either. Yeah. Um, I think it's about how people feel, like yourself. You're very aware <coughs> of like what you wanted and why you wanted it. Mm -hmm. And that's, obviously you deserve that. Um, as in you deserve to get what you feel is comfortable for you. Oh, not thanks. marriage. <laughs> like, you deserve to be married. Um, <laughs> so... So my, my wedding day was the super fun, like, so I, I loved it. I don't look back with regret. Um, but I do think that marriages take a lot of work, and I realised <coughs> it as mm. soon as we got married, because it's a really weird psychology of going, oh, my God, all of that people, all of those people witnessed our love. Like, yes. we were in front of those people yes. being really vulnerable, because we cried a lot on us. Um, we were like being really vulnerable and we've opened our hearts and now you know there's the speeches or whatever yeah, like whatever course, the way yeah. that you've, you've done it it's a piece of you um personally and the piece of both of you together as a couple mm -hmm. put on a table and like everyone else is around it and they like they like watching you and witnessing you and you start feeling this sort of pressure build up to carry on keeping that beautiful picture ah yes um, so it, yeah. yeah and then also I think when I when our relationship fell apart I was just like fuck people trusted this and oh, they've like supported no. this like even if it was buying you stupid gifts like that you I asked did that. for I, I did I will admit I bought Melanie a stupid gift no, you <laughs> it was beautiful you made it, made I, it. I didn't make it yeah no. someone made it yeah. but it's, it's not, it, even if it's like a bread bin, like, you're just like, oh, someone thought about, you know, making yeah. us happy and there's no us anymore. So it's a bit that from that perspective, it is, it is pressure. And then also there's all this thing about, I used to feel I'm a wife now. So I'll be out like having, having my best life, like talking to guys or girls and like out drinking and I'll be like, oh, I'm married. I should probably go home. <laughs> Like, married people have a curfew. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I'm a wife now. So there's also a thing that comes, if even though, like you say, feminism gets a bit challenging at that point, because yeah. you're like, I want my house to be tidy, and I want to have food, like, I want to look after myself, but also, I'm not going to just cook for myself. <coughs> and so you end up being a house carer. If you are a caring person, yeah. like me, who cares about what they eat, and mm. you know their health, and blah, blah, and how their house looks, then you end up being that person that does oh, all yeah. of that. You take on that responsibility. Yeah, as a, a woman, woman does more often. And it's so, and people used to tell me that they were so shocked that I've I am this person because they didn't think that I'll be cooking. Um, I'll be like caring about cleaning my house and stuff like because I'm a feminist. They were like, or maybe they thought I was. I don't know what I am, but they were like, <laughs> as a. You can be a clean feminist. As a. <laughs> Yeah, Doing feminist, clean feminist. It's fine. <laughs> so I also think that marriage is a very hard, time-consuming, energy-consuming thing that I don't think the society talks about a lot and people always pretend that they're having a great time oh, being married. Yeah. Especially the first year is so freaking hard. Um, and I just told everyone that I was finding it really difficult. I was just... Yeah. It turns out that it was my husband 
that it was it wasn't the marriage no. but I'm you know what I mean I was just like it was not it was him but <laughs> I'm dead if he hears this but um but it is still difficult because you make a decision to like you say you make a decision and commit and you have to explore every single bit because you before you could turn your back on it yeah you have to do everything yeah and that's that's a lot of giving and nobody think nobody talks about how difficult it is for two people to suddenly bring their lives together and make all these promises yeah. legally and to their families <coughs> and to their loved ones and then you it's, and then it's just the two of you and you're just like yeah. But sometimes people are together for a long time before they get married, so the union, yes. so to speak, is already it's a mm. celebration. It's done, essentially. Your lives are merged yeah. already, but you've just decided to get married as well. Yeah. It, so it's maybe not quite so much of a shock to the system in terms of like yes, because two becoming for... one. Not yeah. one. Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not like a believer of the other half mm. bollocks. No, I'm a whole human being. <laughs> my own. Honestly. But um. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends then on how that marriage has been manifested, really. Yeah. yeah, I do know people who've been together for ages, but yet the mindset still changes, like, okay. with the marriage. I think, the <coughs> I think, as humans, in our it's in our nature to change your consciousness or your perception or whatever through a ritual. I think rituals matter, and yeah. I feel like the wedding thing is is a ritual. I think if two people are happy and they're doing stuff and they just go and sign thing, I don't don't know if it will have the same impact. Right. I think what it's like you say, it's like what we make out of that day yeah. and then the concept of it, what we make out of it. Maybe maybe that's what affects it. I felt like it was the ritual thing I of think, it. I think you're right on that because I think like Matt and I had that lovely day and then we went on like a honeymoon and I was in sort of a bubble where I'd organised this big event yeah. and then I remember feeling in the first six months I was like I'm knackered, <laughs> I'm tired and we're not getting on that well and people were like how's married life? I hate that question and I was like do you know what, it's really hard, Yeah. it's really hard, we're both annoying the shit out of each other at the moment and yeah. he's really annoying me and all these things he's doing I'm finding really annoying and, yeah, I remember thinking, oh, God, you know, people are expecting me to say, oh, it's brilliant, mm. I love it. Oh, he's, he's amazing, I'm having the best time. Yeah. And I kind of wasn't Same having the best babies, time. babies, which is, I guess, yeah. Yeah, exactly so, same. yeah, I'm with you, Melian. Thanks for being <coughs> honest on that one. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How um, about you, Lizzie? Um, well, obviously, well, not, I don't know, maybe obviously, maybe not to people who are listening. Like, I was married, but my husband died. <clears throat> after eight weeks of being married. Oh, God. But, um... So... I don't know if I've had that time to possibly have the come-down mm. or the arguments or the bickering or whatever it might be that, that possibly happens to people when they get married because I was just on cloud nine. How long were you married? Eight weeks. So, yeah, we didn't have any six-month rots to, yeah. to, sit, to set Aww. in. Um... But, I mean, for me, marriage, like, I wanted to get married to Joe, I really wanted to get Aww. married to him, and he proposed to me, and he was meant to propose to me the year before he did, but my brother got engaged, so rather than sort of ah, steal the thunder of that yeah. one, he waited, but then it meant that he'd already got diagnosed when he proposed. It was all very sort of like a film when mm. we got yeah. engaged and married. <coughs> um, but... My this is maybe this is a slight regret actually, Aww. is that I wish we had just done what we wanted to do earlier and Aww, and because yeah. we were we were fairly young like he was twenty seven and I was older than him I was twenty nine or thirty, mm. um and I think we loved each other we wanted to be together there was no dispute in that and I think that we probably could have done more of that stuff sooner right. but something about. The, the age or the expectations mm. meant that it sort of stunted our progression a little bit. Okay. Um, <coughs> but, I mean, I loved being married. I thought it was great. I got there to the venue, and I was like, wow, all the people I love are in oh, one wow. room. And I walked in, and I looked around, I was like, like, it's so nice to see you all. I was just in an absolute, just euphoric state the whole day. 
But I mean, I do remember one really sad part though is that we were saying our vows to each other and the we had, I think we had very traditional vows just because neither of us were going to start reciting poetry to no, each other. No. We just had what was le like legal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, they did say, went until death until death do you part or whatever it is and I do remember looking at him thinking fuck like what's actually going to happen because yeah. it wasn't looking great um, but but now so I I now I don't feel I'm like you I'm neither pro nor against it mm. and I would be happy to be with somebody and be with that person mm. regardless of Marriage, it's not a deal breaker for me. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I totally understand the feeling of a ritual and passing through it, and you with. <coughs> I'm so sorry. And you with um, feeling like you've got that now, and mm. it makes it, it makes it more legitimate or whatever the, mm. the the emotion is. But I don't know if I would feel um, any less of my own feelings around abandonment and anxiety of loss because I have those feelings as well because yeah. my husband died if I was to have the things that you think make you will make you feel better yeah because I think those issues are issues that I have mm -hmm. and that nothing is going to sort out apart from myself that's true okay so we're going to talk about babies I recently told Instagram that motherhood is not my calling. And when I what have I missed? When I posted it, I was like super nervous because I was like, oh my God, people are going to be like, she's less of a woman. She's not a feminist. She's awful. She doesn't want to use her womb. more feminist than anything else. But like, you know, that is my truth and it's how I feel and I don't have this maternal instinct really I really like other people's kids well I'm that's a lie I don't like all people's kids I think some of them are bloody awful but you know but like I just don't have that thing where I think I want to be a mum I want to travel and I want to have money and I want to think about myself and I want to think about my husband and I want to like enjoy my life without babies and that's but your where husband. I am yeah, like right here. I mean, luckily, like Matt's well on track with me because otherwise we'd be buggered. But um, yeah, yeah, no, he's with me on that, and thank God for that. And I've, I, you know, my insecurities around what if you change your mind? What if you change your mind? And he's like, we'll talk about it. And I believe him. Yeah. I believe that he wouldn't be like, well, I want a baby, and that's the end of that. Because yeah. he's not like that. So you know. Good. And I suppose if I was like, oh, hang on now, I do want a baby, then... And the, the stupid thing is, I don't even know if I can have kids. Because I haven't so, got a clue what's going exactly. on down there. You know, I can't, like, bloody... you don't, like... Like, I don't know if I can have kids either. Or is it because of a medical reason? Well, yeah, don't like, know? I don't... I haven't got a clue. Like, like, I don't know, can't bloody WhatsApp my ovaries and be like, you okay, hens? Like, <laughs> no, I agree. Are we ovulating all right? You have to... <laughs> Yeah, because you've spent your whole life on contraception, yeah. although I haven't for the last 10 years, but anyway. Yeah. But um, you don't know. You don't know. If you're okay or not. You don't yeah. know if your eggs are good, you don't know if your tubes are good, you don't know if your... Yeah. Well, you can't get it checked as well, do you know that? Yeah, no. Yeah, I could have endometriosis or something. They no, say it's... you've got to try for a year and then we'll check. If it's not happening, we'll check it. Do you know what? Right, if that, that if there was a man, if it was the man that could reproduce, you could bloody check. You'd probably just go into a bloody booth and scan yourself in Asda, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> check my sperms. Yeah, but I wanted to know how you felt really about babies. Mm. Babies. I love babies. Aww. I'm a baby fan. But um, and I used to feel weird about it because I thought, well, you don't have a baby yourself and you love babies. Like, and I thought I had to hide that. And also I thought that um, I should hide the fact that, you know, as the, like, I can feel motherly or Aww. stuff because I've not made a decision to have a baby. So I just thought that this was too, like too much of a contradiction. So, you know, when you've not interested in when you made the decision to have babies, I thought you'll have be like, oh, 
I'm this person now, I'm cool about this. <laughs> I was, I'm completely not cool about babies, I just love babies, they love me. Um, <laughs> I just, just the hair, right just the hair and the smile. <laughs> they do. I think I'm just loads of things happening. Yes. Just they just like what is that? <laughs> um, so, and I do believe in being ready. So I don't know what future holds for me, and it, it, I just am not gonna spend my time and energy and my imagination on just wanting to have a baby and like trying to build my life around the fact that I should and I must have a baby, and that's what's gonna validate my life. Um, that drives me insane about people. People have just formed their whole, have formulated their whole life around being married and having a oh, kid. Yeah. And that everybody do feels like, I think people feel like they'll be alone when they're old. If they, like, oh, yeah. And just the idea of having babies so they can look after you later. I know, I've yeah. been told that. It's like, oh, what legacy are you going to leave? I'm like, how about everything I fucking do with my life? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. doesn't involve me crushing out a bloody human out of my yeah. That's exactly like your <laughs> legacy is as much as the, whatever person that you mm -hmm. brought up, yeah. and there is a beauty in that. There is a beauty, and I appreciate everyone who has babies and they bring them up and they put all mm. this love and energy into it. But I don't appreciate it if they're doing a bad job, and I don't appreciate it if they've not if they've but if they're not planned it and they're just pushing out. But I don't appreciate people just popping out babies. I have to. I, I, I'm not on board with that. I've, I'm not on board with people going, oh, we weren't... This is not... Like, I have no right to judge people. I get that. But I also... You can't judge me for feeling this way either. This is that. When people are like, oh, we weren't planning it, but I guess we'll just see what happens. And I'm like, it's a baby. It's another human being that you're going to raise. And you can't be that casual about it, is how oh, I feel. But there's loads of people that are. But sometimes it's... I suppose it does happen like that, and so... Yeah, I know. See, I'm really rigid about this. I'm really like... Yeah. I have a baby in February. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's well, that. that. No, that's... Yeah, I mean, like, I wish it worked that way. I would really like it if it worked that way. <laughs> uh, more like a project. But I do... <laughs> You know, I, I think it does need a lot of thought and a lot of um, self-awareness and like consciousness to actually bring up another human. Yeah. I just oh, don't God. think that it's yeah. I it don't think it's so, a light decision. Yeah, it's journey. not, and I'm sure a lot of people are not taking it lightly. So I'm sure it's a huge thing, and it's very difficult to know what it's like without actually being a parent. The want. To have one, which has to be there. Yeah. And then that really, in some ways, you will adjust as long as you've got that, the want to do it. Yeah. I think you will adjust to it to make yeah. it happen. I'm not saying it's going to be like, oh, this is great. I'm going to just yeah. adjust this thing here and there. Yeah. It's a huge, yeah. really huge But my life has been chaotic at one point. Like, I think it would have been really unfair with any of my partners that I've had to to had brought a, a child into this world. Mm. As you can see, they aren't around. So that would have been like, they wouldn't have a father around. So do you know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't dedicate, commit, commit to that sort of a life-changing thing without knowing I'm in a stable relationship and mentally I'm stable and financially I'm stable. I, I feel like all <coughs> of these things matter. I know what you mean, but I feel like I know what Lizzie means as well, and I think life just throws shit at you. Yeah. Like, um, so my former housemate, she was past forty, and she wanted a baby a lot, and she was with a partner who went down the IVF route, and when she got pregnant, her partner left her. Oh, wow. It was what like I mean. I the thing oh. that you wanted so much. Turns out your partner didn't want and was like shocked that you got pregnant and they four left you and it was just tragic and she was saying to me, I didn't want to bring a baby up by myself and I See? just I didn't know what to say. See how hard that is? I mean of course yeah. you will keep going and of course you can't calculate this stuff. No. You know, and I, I get it that then that happened, you were ready, you were with a partner, your partner left, you're no longer ready, you're freaking out. Yeah, <coughs> she was freaking out and I think she was, I think she was comfortable talking to me because I 
grew up without a father, so my mum was like single parent for quite a while. So I think she was like, "You've turned out okay," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got your de- your definition of okay, but I'm not. You know, I'm fine really, but." I think your parents ultimately fuck you up, whatever they do. Yes, I was going to say, there is a lot, the way that we decide, I think there's two more types of people about like what they feel about babies is like, if you've had a rough time with your family life, and it changes you into being a lot more conscious about what families, parents can have, like what sort of effect they can have on kids. Therefore, you become a sort of person that's a lot more wary. Like, mm. I don't want to do that to my child. And there's, there's some people who are like, I'm going to have a child and I'm going to do better than my parents. So there is, <coughs> there's also people like that who just like, I want my family because I've not had that. Mm. Um, while there's this like, they fucked me up and I'm not doing that to someone else. That's part of me as <laughs> yeah, well. That's, it's that's like, part I, of... I don't want to do that to someone. Yeah. And I would. Because you just do. Yeah. It's like how I treat Matt yeah. sometimes is rubbish because I take my out my anxieties on him because he's the closest person to me mm. and I'm worried I'd do that with that child. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I always knew <coughs> knew that Joe and I would have children. Like, that would be what would 100% have happened. Yeah. comes back to me saying earlier about I wish we'd done things sooner because yeah. I wish we had... And then when he got um, diagnosed with cancer, they asked him to donate sperm. Oh, no, yeah. not donate. Oh, bank it. Yeah. Bank sperm. So that... Um, because his sperm count would be depleted with chemotherapy. Yeah. It meant we'd have sperm for IVF. And then he, had, and, then he, he and I had to sign something to say that he agreed to me using that sperm after his death, if I wanted to have a child, and blah, blah, blah. <coughs> and what happened, though, actually, is that he couldn't get an erection the day that he had to go for the <gasps> banking. No! Because of, <coughs> because of his treatment he had just had, he was just fucked. He just yeah. couldn't do it. And then it actually turned out he should have been offered that opportunity to bank before. before you are kidding. And it was too late then for That's him to do it. rubbish. So I was just absolutely mortified because... You would be. I just really, basically, my mind went into, like, I want to have a baby now. Like, instantly oh, after yeah, I got diagnosed, yeah. I want a baby, I want to have a baby. I was like, I need to have him. Mm. And if he's not going to be here, I want to have a baby because I want to have that part of yeah, me. Yeah, of course. But then we were told not to even try and have a child because his sperm would probably be... <coughs> deformed from... So... It kind of like put into reality how important that was to me that I actually really wanted to have one, and then we just couldn't have it, and it was fine. And he died, but then since he died, I kind of felt more along the lines of I don't know if I want one or not. Yeah, and I'm not so certain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, also it comes down to <coughs> partly feeds into the post traumatic growth thing where. I've worked quite hard to be independent because before that he was earning more money than me and right. he was paying more for things and when he died it instantly became all my responsibility and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't horrific to, to pick it all up but it certainly put a barrier in place in terms of what I could afford to then do. Of course. Um, and so because I worked hard to be this person I felt a bit like do I want to give that up? For, for somebody yeah, else and am I, am I, do I want to do that and then um, <coughs> sorry more recently actually I do feel like I want to have children Aww. and it has sort of flipped in its head because I have always been maternally minded mm. but not like itching to have children yeah. I wasn't like 15 and like I'm going to have children mm. you know I yeah. wasn't like that but it's within me yeah and um and I, and I don't know if that is partly to do with being with Adam, but I'm sure it's got a huge part Aww. to play with it. And we have discussed it because it's important to discuss it, yeah, especially it when you're yeah. thirty-seven. Yeah. If you want to have children, and or if your dad starts to, you need to know that the person that you're with is on board. Of course. <laughs> so we did discuss it, and both of us have like said yes, we would like to one day, and. 
And that's really nice, and I feel really happy about that. I don't yeah. feel this, like, desperation to go and start doing it. But yeah. it also makes me feel like a bad feminist, because it's like I've got with this guy, and then suddenly, like, <coughs> things feel, like, really nice and real and positive. And yeah. Yeah, you, um... Yeah, you just... I've, I've, I have felt like... No, you shouldn't want to have a baby because you're with this person now. But actually, like, it's all right. Yes, it's about choice. That's the whole point about feminism. It's about choice. It's about the choice of what you do with your body and what is right for you. And if that's what you want to do for your body and that feels right for you, do it. But, like, you know, (coughs) I'm not sort of waltzing into the next six months thinking we're going to start having children. No. And I absolutely respect anybody for not wanting to have them mm. and also for knowing that because it's so easy for people to say to people who say I'm never going to get married and I'm never going to have children to say well you might change your mind mm. and yeah. like it's so belittling because like no you, you're allowed to know yourself and yeah. also can't we just respect them for for them to have that decision yeah. for this moment do we have to give them like about the future like it's their it's their decision to be in that space, and um, in that mindset right yeah. now. They made a decision, I don't want to have a baby. And they also have a right to change their mind. Maybe ten years later, they're going to be yeah. like, oh, now I want to have a baby. Um, yeah. why, why not just respect them and be like, oh, that's great, okay. Instead of going, what about ten years later? Like, doesn't that person know that already? Oh, man. <laughs> but people aren't like that. They'll go, told you so. <coughs> Oh, you know, I'll be around kids when I got married. It was like within three weeks. When are you having a baby? Yeah. And I was like, that is a deeply personal question. Stop asking me it. Yeah. So. Um, can I just enjoy my marriage? <coughs> I I've know. just signed just the papers. Bloody, for. I know. And then, you know, or you'll be around each other and be like, you be next. I hate that. You'll be next. You need to, like, lob those people out of your friendship yeah. group. Because well. people saying stuff like you, like you to you like that are not worth well, half the time it's people I don't know very well, so uh, it's just something they say, that? do you know what I mean? It's like you're like, oh, gross. Wicked Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, like, and share. Till next time, wicked women and men and women and men. Wicked